the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julie. Hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight. Welcome to another edition of TMS Musicos. My name is Julian. This is my edition, my episode of the show. Uh, if you, in case you're wondering what the Musicos stand for, obviously it stands for musician. Um, and it's the way to distinguish my segment from my son's segment. We're both named Julian. He goes by Jules the Human. So whenever you see TMS Musicos, that's the segment that I'm hosting. And when you don't see it, that's the segment that my son's hosting. Be sure to check out his podcast too. Uh, he also does another podcast called Nerdy Things Podcast. So be sure to check that out. Today we've got a a great band, uh, some old friends of mine here in San Antonio, Corey and Dana with the Kerosene Drifters. Uh, we talk about their latest EP that was just put out recently. We talk about how they got started and also how they became a couple. They are now ma- they are married, a married couple making music together, uh, making beautiful music together, if you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> be sure. Uh, the Kerosene Drifters, they got a new EP out. Self-titled Kerosene Drifters. Find them on all your favorite uh, musical websites and downloadable content places. Anyway. That's the way it goes. <laughs> we talk about a lot of things, really cool stuff, How they, uh, who they recorded with, and uh, what else do we talk about? Who they listened to, who their influences were, and we also get into what what genre of music are they. I, I, I We had a little discussion on that with rock, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, it's more, you know, I was saying country, they were saying rockish, they called it uh, punkabilly or something like that. But uh, you, you take a listen and you let us know what kind of music you think it is uh whatever it well, however you want to label it it's good music be sure to check them out like i said and all the other downloadable content you can find one thing that they were generous enough to give me is a uh, downloadable card from cd baby for their new ep free of charge and i'm going to give that away to somebody one of our listeners all you got to do is go to our facebook page uh facebook dot com slash texas music pod and there's more details on how to win this downloadable card that i got from them um so you can check out their ep you'll also be able to check out their ep i've got a couple of samples coming up one right before the interview a small sample a small sample in the middle and then i've got a full song at the end with the kerosene drifters called barbs wired check it out listen to the end listen to the middle listen to everything in, in between it's all good, fun stuff. Uh, you know, I can always tell when it's going to be a good podcast when, is when I'm editing and re-listening to it and I start laughing again. So I know that I did that a few times as I was as I was editing the podcast. I was like, oh shit, I'm laughing like a fool here by myself. So be sure to check it out. We had a good conversation with these guys and gal. Um, and be sure to check them out when you hear of them playing in town. Go, Please go see them live. Uh, they're great musicians, uh, great singers, great songwriters. Uh, check them out without further ado here's the interview but first here's a small sample of a song from their ep and like i said at the end you'll hear the full version of barb's wired so here they are Corey and dana the kerosene drifters Corey and Dana of the Kerosene Drifters. If you're live on Facebook, be sure to like and share this. Say hello. If you have any questions while you join us, feel free to ask us uh, any questions, and I'll relay that to them. Corey and Dana, thank you for joining me. I really do appreciate it and doing the podcast. It means a lot to me. Oh, we're glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Tell me about how you... Well, the whole thing of the podcast, I like to see what mu- where musicians, how they start off. I like that story. But since we got two of you, I'm going to... Not go so far back. <laughs> well, it I all started you've... when I was three. And... <laughs> what, did it? No. Okay. <laughs> it could have. I know. <laughs> so how old were you when you started playing, Corey? Um, I guess when I really got serious about guitar, I was about 12. 12. And yeah. 
you have family that plays too, right? I do. Mm-hmm. Your dad played bass, right? Yeah, he plays several instruments and sings. And um, all of my dad's side of the family uh, were gospel singers growing up. Really? Mm-hmm. And Dana, what, which, how'd you start? Were you always a singer? I was. I always sang and then choir, and I was a huge band geek, and it carried Well, what'd you play in band? <laughs> clarinet and sax. Oh. Still have a clarinet, too. Really? You don't whip it out during the shows? <laughs> I know there just aren't many. You know, there's one Aerosmith tune that has a clarinet in it, which would be there. A you go. You should pull it out, one, right? We should. <laughs> no it. one's doing clarinet right now. <laughs> it's like when I do my thing, I, I do a spot where I whistle because uh, I don't play leads. You know, mm. so I whistle the, the lead, the nice. lead part. <laughs> and I always say, you know, there's a shortage of good whistlers nowadays. Mm-hmm. You don't that's hear you don't hear good whistlers anymore, is it? <laughs> and you're not hearing one now. <laughs> so that's my little joke. But see, nobody does that. You can pull out a clarinet, and that'd right. be like, that's the group with the clarinet player, huh? Right? Pink hair and clarinet. That's like that's what is going to be <laughs> my defining hand hand. moment. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about how the Kerosene Drifters got together. Uh, you've been you played a while. You've been playing a while. Clarinet and sax and yeah, <laughs> piano, you play piano, <laughs> bass, and sing. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You're mainly the guitar player, but you can play other things as well, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. How'd y'all get together? Um, well, how'd you get together <laughs> band-wise? It's kind of connected to how we got together as a couple as well. Because you're married, right? Uh, we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I met Dana, she was working in a foster care and adoption agency, right. and my aunt was her boss. Um, so that's how we were introduced and she already was in Alibi. Um, you didn't know sh- you didn't know anything about her. I didn't know her at all. No, I, I, I met her. We went out to lunch. Me and my aunt and my cousin, um, and uh, just got to talking about music, of course, because she was in Alibi already at the time, and I was doing different projects and stuff. And uh, you know, so as we started dating, and we realized, well, why are we not making music together? So it started off. We uh, we had our own separate projects. And uh, we decided to just do an acoustic duo thing. Uh-huh. So uh, first, aside from her thing and whatever you were doing, exactly, yeah. And uh, so it just started out as Corey and Dana and an acoustic guitar, and uh, and it just has grown and developed from there. Um, and then in about spring of fourteen or fifteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fourteen yeah. is when we decided to go, you know, more directly into this venture together and. Really start writing. Make it a main project. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's your side of the story, Dana? That's pretty much no, it. No, you, you just got to be a woman's <laughs> side to it. There's got to be like, well, I remember he did this, and it was quirky, and that's when I fell in love with him. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of from, you know. What did you think when you first met him? I'm going to be all love line and shit. Oh, that he, I mean, a <laughs> guitar player. and so Did you I know mean, of him, or you hadn't heard of him? No. you were playing the local scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually, I'd only been in San Antonio for less than a year at that point. So north of Dallas. I won't hold that against you. Yeah. North of Dallas, southern Oklahoma. Okay. Like like Denton, past Denton. I graduated in Denton actually. TWU. Yep. Wow. I know that. Good times. A lot of Sixth Street moments. So not Sixth Street, Fry Street. There it is. That little town that's right there by the by the university. My son went to UNT for few years and i i love going up there it was amazing yeah it's a great little town and I mean, all them little fuckers at the college can play their asses <laughs> off man pisses me off Tell I go me up there it. like i quit <laughs> you know, kids playing all badass and shit i'm done <laughs> so when you got together did what did what did you feel when when he came around and said oh, hey we should do something and started dating first and then i guess a bit good six months later we were 24 7 together and i was oh, still no. at my foster care job so um music was kind of a, a weekend warrior thing at that moment and then july of 2011 i think is whenever i was like all right i'm done let's just do this music thing wow. full time so and that's whenever we kind of got we got more serious about the duo so the first thing was the duo yeah what kind of um what kind of projects did you do was it all covers at the time yeah yeah you had yeah a, did you have aspirations for writing stuff, or was it just you know let's get some gigs and play in town as much as we can? It wasn't a whole lot of direction at first. I think <laughs> because we were so connected to our other projects, um, so it was mainly a side project. Um, but as we grew um, musically and uh, the chemistry was there, you know, we obviously saw that um, you know we had something that we really enjoyed doing together, 
and we both um, love music, and we both love to create music. So it just kind of had you done acoustic stuff before, like on your, oh, you had right before that. I have, yeah. Okay, I was going to ask you what kind of uh, changes or what kind of things you ran into uh, as a, an, an acoustic duo, if, if there were any. But you 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 were already doing that kind of stuff, so it was there was really no humps or anything along the way. Um, no, I, I think uh, I think uh, early on, you know. Um, she wasn't playing an instrument in the duo at the time. So mm-hmm. as, as time progressed, you know, uh, she does have a wide musical background. Right. And, so she picked up bass and picked it up right out of, away. Out of necessity. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, here, I'm going to teach you a couple <laughs> songs and we're going to do them this weekend. Root, yeah, it root, was. Root yeah. five. Oh, root it five, like, that's all you need. Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> the root and the fizz. Okay, the fizz. playing whole notes. <laughs> so talk about that. How, how, what was playing? Because you... You you already playing uh, uh, clarinet, sax, and you were already doing piano, right? Yeah, I already knew piano. What else piano, did you play before bass? Guitar, I knew guitar, okay. but I'm I just plunk a chunk. I'm not you know great on guitar, um, so I at least knew the notes and how to handle a stringed instrument and, and things like that. But, but did you know how to handle a low bass? Instrument? <laughs> no, it's See, an, a rhythm the bass instrument. <laughs> exactly. Well, and bass stuff I can territory. read, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're my territory. You're show it to the camera. <laughs> so how difficult was that transitioning to that? Uh, um, it was really more rhythm. That was the right. difficult part. Rhythm and singing at the same time. Yes. And so learning, like being the rhythm instrument on top of being the melody instrument. And so I think that was. Yeah, because I, 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 I do better singing over guitar than I do with a bass. Yeah. Because it's just, it's too much right hand for me to think about to, and <laughs> counterpointing the vocal part. And so, you know what? Guitar, you can just strum and get away with singing over it yeah. so and with your lessons with Corey, how'd it go <laughs> i it's really just okay this is how you do that and that and that and go you and know I, so i guess the real question how does she do on bass <laughs> well she she already knew how to practice an instrument right you know and so really it was just showing her how and giving her the tools and letting her run with it so yeah. it wasn't really a much of a sweat you know just follow the chords for right now and, and are, you, yeah. are you experimenting are you noodling with some scales and yeah oh yeah pentatonics? not at first not at first you know and so it was fun whenever i was like oh one five okay let's do that and then oh okay walking baseline like, hold, the, cool. hold the foundation down yeah first. yeah uh, yeah and so now it's you know getting to the point of being able to improv well, a bit i heard something with uh i forgot some video with sting and they were asking him, well, "What, uh, what are you playing there?" Something where he couldn't, he couldn't play the line unless he was singing along with it. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't think of what he played. And he goes, "Hold on!" And he started singing and mm-hmm. playing along with it. Okay, that's what I'm doing. You know, he he just it became so distinct with what yeah. he's doing. With the, and and he's gotten used to playing whatever rhythm he's playing over his vocals. So I imagine that's it's still a challenge, right? To kind of if you learn a new song. Um, it depends on what type of song it is. So anything syncopated, yeah. But if it's linear, I mean, it's not yeah. an issue whatsoever. So, I mean, because I can line up, you know, the notes with the melody. And so that's not an issue. Yeah, if you get a strong downbeat, it makes it yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> you don't use drum machines or anything, right? No. No. So it's all just we use follow loop, each other. I use a loop pedal, though. Okay, so that's so kind of like It's it. an organic drum right, machine. Right, yeah. It's It's on your... On the fly. Oh, I dig it. I dig it. I like it. Uh, people there, Susan Chavez, love these guys. Brad Grievous, very Brad. talented couple. Julie Fowles, this is awesome. <laughs> okay, so you're playing together. You're playing the club scene, the local circuit here in San Antonio as a duo. At what point do you go into, hey, we should do a band? Because you guys have a band, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had gotten together with, with different drummers and you know, just kind of trying to feel out what our sound was and what – because at first we went – uh, the country route a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're rockers, you know. I mean, right. we're blues rockers. And so, but we knew that, you know, making money in this town, you either got to play country, you got to play hard rock. And we're not either of those. And so we'd fake our way through country. And uh, we played with several different people. Bertho played with Bertho and Jerry Doyle. Well, some of the guys him. from your old alibi band, right? Um, no? Jerry's still in alibi. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and actually, Corey is as well. So Jerry is phenomenal. You know, so Alibi is still around. Oh yeah, and you guys play with them as well. Yeah, yeah. and then you have your own band, which is some of those guys. No, it's just us, just us, and as a, a duo. Yeah, and then Chad mm-hmm. Newman is so also the, now. The Kerosene Drifters is just you guys. 
essentially. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we hire on musicians to help us fill out, you know, whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish that okay. night. Yeah. Right. But Chad Newman's been playing with us for about uh, eight or nine months now on drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever we do a full band gig, you know, he's there with us. Um, so we kind of split our time between acoustic duo gigs and then full band gigs with kerosene drifters. And then we also play once or twice a month with Alibi. Just wherever you can get the money, right? Exactly. Yeah, I get it, man. Because y'all are both full-time musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and I know um, it's tough. It's not... I tell people when I got... You know, I got this job like a year and a half ago where I work at now. And I tell people, man, getting the job's easy. This, this is the easy part. Go be a musician for a while. When you, and when you're reliant on getting those gigs and, mm-hmm. and you're responsible for your own money and it's just it's a whole different story then it makes people, you work harder people don't get it it's like how's a musician isn't that easy like, oh, yeah no, no, no. there's a lot of shit you gotta go through yeah you know not getting paid or getting stiffed or a gig falls mm. through or double somebody gets bookings. sick double yeah. bookings oh. and then what are you gonna do you can't you can't still get paid it's like there's your money you know yeah. so people don't get it and i i applaud anybody who does it uh, for a living because uh, i know it's not easy no it's so. not so what are you guys doing? I know you got the new EP coming out. It's out. It's out already, right? It's out officially. I think I heard it the other day, too. So I was, and, and I had a country feel to it, right? <laughs> Except for the last song. No. It had more of a rock feel. Weird. It had a country, American, what do you call it? Drifter rock? Drifter rock. Yeah. That's because, I mean, that's the best way to describe us, I think, at the moment. Because we just kind of pick and choose genres that we like. And whatever comes out is, you know. Well, thinking about that, who were some of your influences? Who Dave. did you listen to? I, I, Dave Matthews is one of my really? absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, oh, I was in love with Dave long ago. We were on a first name basis. He doesn't Since quite that, know it. Right. That wasn't but, a Freudian you know. slip when she said I was in love with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, since you were a kid? Oh, Yeah. I mean, high school is one of her that the you know. Okay, so what did you listen to when you were a kid? Oh, Aeros- your, like, Aerosmith was my very first favorite band okay. ever. So first that concert. Beca- also. That because of your parents or because he just you found them? I, I found. Because I have, I like me growing up. I I remember listening to my my mom's. My mom listened to like Motown and, and Top Forty stuff, and and then my dad would listen to conjunto music, and then my my grandma would listen to mariachi music, and my grandpa would listen to uh, country music. And so I had all these That's different influences, range, yeah, yeah. That I was growing up. So I, I, I liked a lot of different things about each element. So that's why I asked yeah. you as a kid: was it because Mom was rocking out on Aerosmith, or was it just you found him as a kid? Not specifically Aerosmith, but we were rockers as as a kid. The whole family. I mean, country was not allowed. It was like <laughs> I didn't even hear a lot of country, and so there are even songs that are thirty years old, and I'm like, I've never heard this song before. <laughs> Going seriously? How have you never? So, so without giving your your age, what what <laughs> <laughs> what what's your favorite Aerosmith song? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard, you know. I know what it is. Do you see Corey knows? You know my favorite. I think I do. What would that be? Dream on. Oh, I mean, that's a, a that's an epic tune for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's got to give me a hard time. Though. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no. how about you? Uh, I know you. Who do you listen to? Man, uh, I think I can speak for both of us. We both listen to a wide variety of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like country, like, you know, Zach Brown band and people like that with good like harmonies. like all the newer stuff? Not Frat really. List. No? No. I mean, I, I definitely don't like any of the frat boy, you know, kind of country stuff. But I do like Zach Brown band. And, and I like, you know, some other stuff is from the country scene as well. Reckless but Kelly. Reckless Kelly. There's a good yeah. regional band. Um, but you know, I, I'm definitely a Dave Matthews fan. I love Sting. Um, uh, I love the Beatles. I'm a big as, as a kid. Who'd you listen to? I listened to a lot of gospel music and Christian music okay. growing up. Um, both sides of my family are pretty conservative Christian, and so I grew up like my dad's side of the family sang Southern gospel. So that's where I kind of acquired my love for harmonies. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> growing up, and a lot of that too has almost like a blues. Rock. I mean, I don't want to say rock, but like a country Americana almost feels sometimes, depending on what what uh, what kind of gospel you listen to. I guess some of it kind of crosses over into country that was equivalent of the time right. as well. Right. Some similar elements. I, I was a Kiss guy when I was a kid. Yeah. I was a little Kiss, a little Kisser. <laughs> My first concert, I was nine years old, went to Kiss. Oh, nice. Man. And Peter Chris makeup, not because I was a fan of Peter Chris. Because that's all my dad could paint on me. He didn't 
couldn't do the other stuff. <laughs> Peter Chris is just two spots of my eyes and <laughs> a couple whiskers. Like, okay, you're good. We're going basic. You're doing yeah. this for Halloween as well. But I like Ace Freely, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was my my first concert. So and let's, let's go into that. What was your first concert? Aerosmith. Course. It was. I know. I know. So, uh, like, I begged my mom to go whenever I was in the third grade, and she wouldn't let me, of course, because I was in the third grade. So, I finally got to go when I was a freshman in high school. So, mid nineties. Yeah, I got to go. I don't give away too much. Home. You know, <laughs> ladies don't like to give her her age away. Nineties high school. People at home be like mm-hmm. doing the math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your first concert? Um. So, like I said, I grew up in a I'm very, not very conservative <laughs> household. Oh, no. So, while she was listening to Aerosmith, I was listening to Petra. Um, so, that was actually my first concert. I was 11. I went to see Petra at SeaWorld. Nice. Yeah. What year was that? 92. Back at SeaWorld, it opened in 88, 89. Somewhere oh, around yeah. there, yeah. Oh, man. Wow, that's when they still had a little garden going. I'm sorry, we're talking about the other shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I was I was there when, when they first opened it. Uh, hello to, say, David Vaughn. Yep. Howdy hello. from Dave and hello. Dan. The Kerrville Connection. There you go. Angels in the house. Tristan Harvey, Randy Eichenberg. Stumbled upon them a few years ago. And the addiction continues. They are great people <laughs> and so talented. If you have any questions for the Kerosene Drifters, feel free to ask here in the Facebook chat room. Hello to Mark Lambert and Carl Joseph. Carl's here. Hey, Carly. Carlito. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been influenced by some of the same bands and some of that. that and you, like you said, all that stuff comes into play uh, yeah. in, in the stuff you're writing today. Uh, talk about the writing process with the new EP. What's the name of the new EP? It's self-titled. Self-titled. Kerosene Drifters. Kerosene Drifters. We figured that's the best way to get the name out there. Yeah. And where can, where can you find it? Is it in all the... It is all all, all online, uh, Spotify, iTunes, um, you know, Amazon Music, and all. So C- CD Baby, yeah, a bunch of those places, and then uh, of course, come to a show. We'll sell you one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard it on Spotify, but I don't like I don't like to push Spotify things. I know you guys don't make shit on Spotify. Yeah, it's not much. Yes, I got half a cent or something like that. Yeah, I think it's less than that. Less even. than that, right? Yeah, it's kind of a double edged sword because I mean, it's a way for us to get our music out there. Right. But we don't make anything off of it. You should it. make a track that just you guys talking, hey, come to our show and this and that. And, and put it on Spotify. Yeah. And it'd be like the seven, <laughs> I mean, there's like five songs in the yeah. EP. It'd be like the six songs. I was like, what's this? Now we, people say, oh, you got to go to the show. Okay. So it's, mm. now it's a track. There you go. That's I just thought idea. of that right now. It's like That's a secret track. It's like my a, idea. You should trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> who is it uh, Who is it that put out Static? Taylor Swift? A couple of years ago. Really? Uh, like a static track by accident, and it huh. was like number one in Canada. <laughs> it was just, it was it, so this strange. is brilliant. Yeah, people, the kids were downloading it. It's like, so oh. artistic. And it went number one, and it was, a, it was an accident. So you could do something <laughs> like that, where you say, hey, you know, be sure to check out our website. And, or, you know, I don't know. I'm talking about There we go. Kind of. There we go. Maybe I'll just uh, <laughs> like record sounds of my cat meowing. And he's like, oh, oh. He makes those kinds of sounds. He sounds like a little Ewok, really. You should record it and make a song. Brilliant. I like that idea. The Beach Boys already did that. It was called Pet Sound. There you go. Oh, yeah, I've heard stuff on the Beach Boys. Those guys are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So the writing process, who's the writer, who's the arranger, what's going on there? Well, we both kind of do it all. So typically, like, I'll start a song. I'll I'll hear a melody or a line or something like that and take it to him. And and, uh, he kind of figures out progression if I don't have it already. and. You know, he does a lot of arranging. He does a lot of bridges as well. Okay, so you're doing, are you mainly doing the lyrics? I'm sure you do both doing lyrics, but you're mainly doing lyrics? Mainly, yeah. Lyrics and, and you, melody. And where do you get the lyrics from? I have no idea. Oh, I thought you were going to tell I me. Know. Like, some, some <laughs> profound there is like, oh, well, back when I was 12. And <laughs> no, they just come to you out of the yeah, air? Yeah, it, it really is. And sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not and so then i have to rework it and are you more prone to coming up with cool lines or cool melodies i think I'm, i like the melodies better no. yeah because you kind of figure out what words to fit yeah and with your progressions what are you looking at are you looking to stay progressive or are you looking to stay different or you want to follow you know standard one four five or you just kind of what's your idea does it depend on the song or do you definitely wanna, depends on the song yeah yeah i mean um, well, having a Dave Matthews background, you're gonna, you kind of want to do something. 
I, I mean, out, a little bit out of the box, but a little traditional too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I definitely like a, I like for there to be some musical hook, some riff or or uh, a lead line or something like that that grabs you as well. well um, as a guitar player, it's you know you want that lick because if someone copies you, like oh, that's my lick, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you have some like spots you 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 frequent? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So Hot Brother Rim is one of them for kerosene drifters, and then uh, Poor House in New Braunfels. We're up there a couple times a month. It seems like so, and that's always always a great place. We love that spot. See, Randy, that's just for you. <laughs> Julie Fowler's, Julie Fowles, love you guys. See, Hi, you, see you in a few weeks. You got people <laughs> over here, man. You want to ask them a question, feel free to ask on Facebook Live. If you're listening to the podcast, you're missing out because you should have been here on Facebook Live. Uh, we're talking to Dana and Corey of the Kerosene Drifters. Um, so going back to this, I keep drifting off and going over there. <laughs> going back to the CD, where did you record it at? Uh, we tracked with your buddy, Renee. Did you? Yep. That was all done with Renee's place? Renee, yeah. Renee um, did all the tracking and he played all the drums on it. I'm surprised I didn't, I didn't recognize the production. He's gotten better. <laughs> Sorry, Renee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, he's no, been no. doing it for a while yeah, now. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's bound to happen. So how's it working with him? It's great working with oh, him. Oh, Renee's awesome. You know that. He's yeah. easy to work with. Yeah. Very professional. He, um... You know, did a great job of of capturing exactly what we were looking for, drum wise, and and he helped with some arrangements. I was going to ask like if that. you have any input musically as far as you know, mm-hmm. maybe adding this here, that here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We we uh, think of him highly, you know, because he's a fantastic musician. I mean, he's a he's a drummer, but he's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just a drummer. He he's a musician. That's the way yeah. I look at him, and and I respect his opinion highly. So. Anytime we got stuck on something, you know, we definitely took his opinion with a lot of weight. He's got a degree in music now, right? I I thought he had like a bunch of them. <laughs> no, he's just he's smart. He's just a smart guy. <laughs> he's just and smart, he, and he builds shit. I know, but I thought I thought he got a, a, a I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think did, so. did Did you self produce this? Yeah, essentially. So yeah, it's all just you two and and Renee behind yeah, Renee. the board. Yeah, yeah. I played all the instruments smart. except for drums, and then we did our own vocals. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You didn't play bass? No. Oh. I didn't play bass on this I'm one. I know. Now. I will on the next one. I'm pretty <laughs> okay. sure. I don't know. He's a much better bass player than oh, I am. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what you've been building up for. That was your time. Well, okay. So whenever we started, it was a good three years ago, three and a half years ago, right? Uh-huh. And so it took us forever to get the album out. And I just wasn't that proficient at that time. <laughs> and so even now, there's a tune on there, Go Your Way. And I'm like, oh, God, I hate this because it's all syncopate i'm like thanks for writing like the hardest baseline possible you babe <laughs> you could have played it and adjusted to your vocal line That's... <laughs> uh it needs that baseline it's all right it's so all how right. long did you work on the album three years three years writing process oh no. right no no that was three years so mm. most of the tracking got done about between two and a half and three and a half years ago and it was just paying things off and you know because it you know they don't just give you albums no, no, you have to pay reason. for them for some reason uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, a lot of it was uh was post-production stuff mixing and uh um mastering and things like that that you know we had to send out for um to get it done right right to make sure that the, the album sounded good you yeah. know i heard it on spotify which i don't recommend Buy the CD instead. Buy the CD. Buy the CD. Don't listen on Spotify. <laughs> but when I heard it, I was like, man, the production, the production was really good. I, I was impressed. And even yeah. the, the playing and everything was really good. I was singing. Uh, I, was, I enjoyed it. And like I said, I had a, I had a country feel to it. And that's, you may not like that. But it was, it was edgy. <laughs> like an edgy country. You know what I mean? It, it is, was, yeah. yeah. Except See, for the last song. It had more of a rock vibe. That was, that was kind of punk. Right. And it like, was like, 
that's cool. It's almost <laughs> it's almost punkabilly. The last one. <laughs> it's almost in that you know. That's right. See, we're phrasing new things here. We're coming up with what what, what you call the drifter rock, drifter rock, and punkabilly. I'm just what, gonna name my said? own shit. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't fit in a box. <laughs> yeah, the last song is called Barb's Wired, and I, to me, it's kind of like if Gwen Stefani did a punkabilly song. That's kind of the way I I look at it. If you want to hear Gwen Stefani playing Punkabilly, <laughs> get the Kerosene Drifter CD. However you can imagine that. Isn't, isn't she with Blake Shelton now? I guess that's a, right? that could be a reality. It could be. Dude. We should sell them that song. Yes. That would be a phenomenal idea. Dude. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, they are together. That's a crazy combo. <laughs> Love Barb's Wired, Juan and Maria. Neves. <laughs> Thanks. Well, yeah, because uh, Maria... Drives really fast to that tune, so oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be sure to watch her on the road because <laughs> run over my ass. Exactly, they must be listening to Barb's Wired. I don't know what the hell is happening. Corey, are you still teaching? I know you used to teach. I am. I have three students right now. Okay. Yeah, I I used to teach full time. Yeah, I remember you had a shitload of students. Yeah, right? I had like forty or fifty students a week. God damn. And uh, and you know it was good for the that that time. I got a little burnout on it, you know, and so I stepped away for a few I years. <laughs> but I've got um, three students right now, and and uh, you know I think it's a good amount for me right now, and I, I've you know enjoyed getting back into it. You know, it's it's nice to are, are they good students, Corey? They are, they are good students. Yeah, I remember when I had the studio, it was like, okay, these students over here, I love you guys. <laughs> I still love you guys, but eh, you're not my good students. Yeah. You don't like to practice. <laughs> exactly. So what are you doing here? Yeah. You get about two-thirds of your students are just basically babysitting, yeah. you know? And you're doing therapy. Right. So if you're taking new students, are you doing uh, – are you, are you picking students that you know are going to appreciate it? Um, it's kind of hard to tell that, you know? I mean, because a lot of people seem eager – going into it. Yeah, they it. all kind of seem like, oh, of course I want to do this. And right. Then, when do I get on stage? Right. Yeah. You just started 20 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but I really want to play this. <laughs> they bring you the song, some, I'm going to date myself, some Inve Momstein song. Here, can I learn this? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> You're never going to play that. <laughs> learn your scales. <laughs> I'm never going to play that. <laughs> so are you, are you, uh, do you have, Ambitions to keep teaching more, or um, I don't, not huge ambitions per no. se, but I mean, I, I do enjoy it. It's a good process, and it always makes you go back and and think of things in a different way because right. you have to try to relate it to somebody, right. and so it's good. I mean, it, uh, you know, it helps reaffirm and establish fundamentals, um, and reminds you the proper ways to play. Because right. it's easy to get lazy and oh, yeah. form bad habits, but <laughs> when you have to show someone the right way to do it, you know. I it, used, to, I used yeah. to get that too. Like you, you play something, and you're like, "What are you doing there?" Shit, I don't know. What am I doing? <laughs> I look at my hands, and like you do a lot of dead notes and stuff. I'm like I never knew I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, have to explain what, excuse me, what it is you're doing. Right. And I think that helps. I think for any musician, if you've never taught, I think you should at least attempt to teach because mm-hmm. you you self evaluate yourself as a player and it makes you that much better yeah it gives you a better understanding of, of what the what it is you're, the hell you're doing, doing. Yeah. <laughs> maria said red camaro <laughs> watch out for the red camaro <laughs> all right <laughs> if you're if you're driving in san antonio right i'm assuming she's in san antonio watch out for the red camaro <laughs> what do you guys uh, have plans for this year what do you want where do you want to go from here uh, seeing as this album was a, a long process, you you looking to release a full album or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and we've we, got more than half of one written so far. So I'm, I mean, we need to write more to kind of pick and choose what would be appropriate right. on the album. But yeah, and you want to do it all yourselves, right? As much of it as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't want to necessarily hire out musicians to play the stuff that we can play. Or what about writing? I'm just curious because I'm thinking like Country Market where they ha- they have publishers distributing their songs out to artists and stuff like that. I'm just curious. Well, we've uh, we've dabbled with some co-writes, um, and uh, I've got a, a friend here in town, 
named Lee Winter. That's mm-hmm. a really good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the songs that we've been doing is called The Redemption Song, and it's a song that he wrote. Uh, so, And uh, we're supposed to get together with him again and work on some, some new tunes. He's got two or three others that he said he'd like to work with us on and kind of mm-hmm. see what happens. So uh, The Redemption Song is a, is a really fun, upbeat kind of... Uh, train beat train beat western kind of sounding yeah. thing like the the lead guitar line that i came up with kind of sounds like uh some old spaghetti western or something like that yeah. you know and but it's real we play it real aggressively so it's kind of got that rock influence but it's mm-hmm. got this definitely spaghetti western kind of vibe to it so are, are you going to coin the phrase punkabilly and make up your own category or man i didn't make up punkabilly i've heard that one for a okay. while yeah right, well. i wish i had i mean i'd like to take credit for it but so what what category do you want to be in i don't I, that's yeah. you know that's an area that we struggle in because we know that we're not country we know that we're not hard rock um we're not really americana but we that kind of ends up being where we get lumped in because we have some influences of country. We have some right. influences of rock and folk music and things like that. Indie, but we're more aggressive than that. You know, I mean, so it's that's why we kind of came up with Drifter Rock. Cause, but if I know. was going to go into the CD store. If I you want to. I know. Do they have those anymore? <laughs> I, think I don't think. I think there's one where you like buy and sell <laughs> a CD trade exchange, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that, yeah. That's the one I was thinking about. <laughs> I think all your craft cases. Yeah. I think it's DVD exchange now. No, it's yeah, they, I've seen those yeah. too, the one on Bandera. So if I was to go to one of those stores, where would I find the kerosene drifters? I guess under rock. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, kind of in the same way that Ryan Adams is under rock, you know, if that if that's fair. Because uh, we don't sing, we don't have country voices. No. I think is the biggest well, thing. I don't think country has country voices either. Or country <laughs> sounds even, think, you know, like, we don't have the steel, we don't have the fiddle. Has very many country sounds anymore. Well, that's, the that's music, a whole different. The music in country music of today is more pop. Right. Mm-hmm. But the vocals still have that twang to it to me yeah. and that's kind of what that's the only country aspect about most of the modern stuff so have you thought out. about putting a twang in your voice <laughs> no <laughs> no i can't fake it you just can't fake that you know and you're from te- you're from texas well, north texas <laughs> of all places i got rid of that sound a long time ago got rid of that accent so. you can get it back you can be country <laughs> and then go on tour we could we could <laughs> do you have plans to tour do you, do you all ever go oh, outside yeah. of san antonio yeah oh yeah we'll uh, be up in dallas next month actually my sister's getting married okay. and so we're like well may as well work and so <laughs> i know typical musician what you're, right we're going here can i get a gig there uh-huh because uh, when we uh, we went on vacation to california a couple months ago and i kept thinking I wonder if I can pick up a gig out there while I'm out there <laughs> just yep. to play. Well, yeah. My wife's like, no, you're not going to work. We're on vacation. It's like, all right, never mind. Aww. Never mind. Wah, wah. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, if you can offset the cost of your trip a little bit. That's what I'm yep. saying. You know, I'm working on something for next year in, in Vegas, and it's supposed to pay pretty good. I'm like, nice. I'll take my vacation time. We'll go out there, babe. And my wife's like, it's fine. I'll make some money and then spend it all in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, spend it all there. See, that's a fabulous idea. It's See? Like paid vacation. That's a musician so, thinking right there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so no plan. I mean, plans to actually like hit do a tour or a circuit? Oh yeah, yeah. We'd like to. Uh, have you ever, have you ever done one or no? Um, I've done a couple of small ones, but not in this band. Because okay. with some previous you know acts that I've played with, like go up to I don't know. I've no bands that go like up to Oklahoma and then they come back or yeah. I did a two and a half week tour in Pennsylvania in in 2010, um, <clears throat> and I've been all over Texas and. Colorado and you know so because it's I would imagine if this is all you do it'd be easy to get out there and do a little tour and pick yeah up we have some tentative plans uh, uh, we have a friend named Chris Hall uh, he and his family just moved up to Denver and he's actually originally from uh, Colorado so we're gonna try uh, he's a he was our sax player for a couple years till he moved oh, okay. and uh, we were very sad but you yes. know opportunity knocked and, <laughs> and they took it but um, we're going to try to get up there next summer and beat the heat and get away from the Texas scorching sun for a little while and go do some gigs up there. Lucky. Yeah. So that's in the plans. That. We wanted to do it this summer, but it just got away from us with the CD coming out and, and all the extra and it, the stuff. The CD just came out in what? 
End of May. End of it's May. It's been a busy few months for us, really. I mean, because we uh, opened up for Reckless Kelly and Mickey in the motor cars. End of May. And then the CD released at the same time. And then you know, a week and a half later, or two weeks later, was our CD release party that we put on ourselves. And then, uh, then we did, uh, we were on Fox, you know, the morning show, daytime. At, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And then... You know, now we are uh, on the cover of Local. I just saw that. What was that? What was that all about? I just didn't. I haven't even read it yet, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, we get on. we get it every month, but we didn't get one this month. Yeah. <laughs> like the one month that well, it doesn't what, come. What, what, what publication was it? It's a local newspaper called Local, local. Community News. Okay. And uh, they have like uh, six or eight different districts around town. Um, so you get your paper in the mail for news that happens in your district. Um, and the one that we're in is like, um, I don't think I get that. Converse, See? Shirts, Universal City, um, Cibolo, Garden Ridge, Bracken, you know, all that whole area. Yeah, the northeast side. And have you read the article? I mean, was it no. an article or was it yeah. just a small write-up? <laughs> no, we're, we're on the cover. Yeah. And then there's an article and I have no clue what it says. <laughs> so... Oh Were y'all interviewed for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we have some idea what's that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not online? They're not on online places? No, I, I guess they haven't been able to keep up their website because we posted to look for it on their website, and then we looked, and their website hasn't been updated in a long time. <laughs> so, you know, God bless them, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We're going to try to get some copies. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you something that uh, I haven't asked in a while for some some of my interviews, but I Uh-oh. used to ask it all the time, and it's just a sickness of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna look at that man. I'm not yeah. looking at it. What do you think of this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what does it look like to you? <laughs> What's been your most embarrassing moment on stage? Because I'll tell you, I mean, I always, I always say mine too. I've, okay. I've fallen off of a stage before. <laughs> I've fallen on a stage before, and yeah, in the middle of a gig. Yeah, just completely well, off the, of it. Off of the stage, I fell when I was we were doing sound check and the band was getting off, and it was just a little walkway to the stage, and it was one of the country tours, and they were testing the lights, and I, they were coming off the stage, and I was waiting to get on, and right when I started moving towards the breezeway to get on the stage, all the lights cut out to black. And I took one step off that thing and just went straight down. And this is a big stage, like a concert stage. And I fell in some little cords, like a big cord for lighting cords. Oh. I had to go to the hospital. Nothing was wrong with me, but I, didn't, I was just like, oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, I'm not drunk, I was, promise. Terry Clark was there. And I remember Terry Clark, the country singer, was after, when I came back, she's like, oh, you're okay. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can kiss it and make it better <laughs> right, if you right. want so, to. So. so that was one of my embarrassing moments. Another time I was in Florida and... During sound check, I didn't have a monitor. I said, it's fine. I can play without a monitor. Mm. Come back that night for the gig, and they didn't tell me, there's a monitor now in front of me. <gasps> and so they go to black, and we're all holding each other to get on stage. We couldn't see. We were holding each other. And I get to my, my mic stand, and I step, and I trip, and I fall on the, on the, on the monitor and slide down. <laughs> And then I could hear like the first few rows laughing. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, and I still got to play the show. I'm just like, God damn it! Now I have to be extra cool to right. make up for like, that. Oh my god! So that those were my, like my my two offhand that I remember. So it's been years. I got one. <laughs> what is it? So, <clears throat> uh, I chose to sing a song at church when I was twelve, and uh, my voice was changing. Wow. And I picked a really hard song. It's that uh, Mary Did You Know? Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it was bad. Did it, it, did I, it like, crack in at the very beginning and just downhill from there? Or, um, no. Or did it go to, like, that, that peak in the song? And it, was like... it, it, it got bad <laughs> towards the end. It got really rough. <laughs> what was yeah. going through your mind? Like, son of a... Yeah. I was in church, so I was trying to be careful not to curse. But it was, yeah, face red. I was going to say, you were probably all red, yeah. sweating, just like, oh, get to the end of And the everyone song. came up to me afterwards like, hey, you did a great job. You know, like, and all the really, grandmas are like, bless you. Yeah. All this sympathy and everything. They knew what I was going through. It was kind of like that uh, the Brady Bunch episode when, what was it, Peter's voice is changing. It was kind of like that. 
um, but not intentional. Was at it a all. big church? Like a lot of people? No, there was probably sixty people there. All right, but people but, you knew. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long before you sing again? <laughs> years, like seriously, at least two years, two or three really? years. Yeah. Did it? It's it scarred you that it, much? It was bad. Yeah, wow. I didn't. I I swore off singing in public for a while, and uh, then I <clears throat> I got more serious about my guitar playing kind of right around that same time and uh when i was in when i was a freshman i was asked to help lead the songs at my church and school that i went to so and that's what kind of got me back into singing again have you sang mary did you know no i don't <laughs> think then? i'll ever try to sing that song again it's gonna no. bring all these, <laughs> all these memories back our oh. children aren't going I to have, sing that song i have ptsd when it comes to that song i hear i hear it on the radio and i just cur- curl up into a ball <laughs> cry you hear all the parts where you like, oh, that's the part. Like, Here's the worst crack. part. My mom has it on VHS still oh, to this day. Bring it, please. No. Oh, I didn't even know that existed, actually. This is... You can send me the file. I can put it on post-production here. Yes. No, <laughs> I don't. Have you heard it since? Once. Yeah? Yeah. And was it as it bad was... as you thought? Was it as bad as you remember? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, because you have to keep in mind, I had sung... And, you know, in front of a crowd a handful of times mm-hmm. at best at that time. So I was still very green and inexperienced and inexperienced at putting things behind you and moving on. I right. mean, now when I make a mistake on stage, I laugh it off yeah. or forget about it or move on. You know, the the rule is if you don't acknowledge the mistake, then most of the people aren't going to notice that you made it anyways. No. I like to not acknowledge my mistakes. <laughs> I do it on purpose. But I was too young to, <laughs> to know any better, and I just took it really hard. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that song, you know, Christmas Time coming around. It like, haunts me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Michael English version, because that was the one that was really popular at the time, and that's the one I tried to sing. See, now I'm never going to hear that song without thinking about you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now I want to hear the tape. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get to you, Dana, real quick. Hey, no <laughs> said, oh, shucks, guys. Love you guys. Charlie DeLorme, what's up, friends? Hello from East Texas. Uh, new crowd crying, Mary, did you know? <laughs> Who said? Charlie. He says, Charlie DeLorme. DeLorme? Yeah. He said, new crowd cry. Mary, did you know? <laughs> Instead of Freebird. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the jerk that always yells Freebird. <laughs> now we just gave him ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, what was your most embarrassing moment? You've had time to think about it. I know, I know, he, I know. And Corey opened up about his yeah. his, his life changing. I'm trying to think of there. There's been a couple, but I guess one uh, fairly recent, not recent. I mean, so within the past several years or five years or so, uh, Alibi was doing a wedding, and it was uh, one of one of the first opportunities to MC, and so uh-huh. I was, you know, of course, green and that and everything. And the couple had just an outrageous last name. Oh. And so I'm trying to think about it, and I have it right in front of me because I have, you know, your notes and all that type of thing. And uh, and so they're coming out. We're starting the reception, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Mr. and Mrs. Galladay. And so it's like this huge pause in between. I mean, it just felt like forever. Did you say it right? I think I said it right. I think... <laughs> <laughs> you say it and then wait for a reaction. I like, know. Was this okay, right? no, nobody turn around. Okay, it sounds okay, that must be good. good. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like so that scene was... in Dumb and Dumber. Slippy, slappy, <laughs> sa- Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> oh, man. Where can they find you on the interwebs? All right. So uh, you can always go to our Facebook, you know, Kerosene Drifters. Kerosene Drifters. Yep, yep. And then uh, we're on Instagram, Kerosene underscore Drifters. Twitter is Kerosene Drifter. Because evidently they don't allow you enough characters <laughs> to on add on. Yeah, I know. So we're only singular. On uh, there's only one of us on there. <laughs> which one is it? Yeah, we guess which one. Depends which, just on one at a time. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> uh, and then kerosenedrifters.com is our so website. Can they get to all your social media stuff from your website, the main website, kerosenedrifters.com? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's one area we needed to work on is our is our website it needs needs a little attention right now. Needs some DLC. Yeah. So they can find you on the social media on the, and you can find our music on Spotify, CD iTunes. Baby, iTunes, um, SoundCloud. I think we're on there. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm. I know. I'm. Or better yet, just go to one of the shows, and they'll you'll and sell you a CD. Exactly. Or a download card. We got those. You two. got download cards yes. too. Yes. Awesome. So be sure to get out there and buy a CD from Corey and Dana, the Kerosene Drifters. You can find them on the interweb into interwebs at kerosenedrifters.com and also on Facebook and Kerosene Drifters and on Twitter, Kerosene Drifter. Just the one. Yeah, see, I didn't say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you guys want to add? Thanks for listening in, guys, man. It, it really means a lot. And if I were to play a song, what song would it be from your album, from your, from your EP? You play Barb's Wired, I guess. You want to do that one? That's probably that's probably the one. Here's Barb's Wired by the Kerosene Drifters. And thanks again to Corey and Dana for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much. Those of you watching on Facebook, thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to like our page. Share the video. When the podcast comes out, you can share that and check us out on iTunes and anywhere you find your podcasts online. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I thanks. really do appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, TexasMusicSpotlight.com, to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings. Until next time, please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown. Mm-hmm.